On this episode of Rev Hang, Ben and I talk about the IndyCar Mid-Ohio Grand Prix and the Formula One Austrian Grand Prix. Let's do it. Hello everybody and welcome back to Rev Hang. I'm Nathan and alongside me virtually is my good friend and co-host Ben Bagley. How you doing, Ben? You feel like a cowboy in the Wild West here with these temperatures and everybody's out farming so it's all dusty. Yes, it has been very warm this week. Uh, we are definitely within the uh, holds of summer right now. And uh, it has been pretty nice. It's nice getting some sun here in the good old Pacific Northwest, but uh, I'm not a huge fan of the heat. So if we could give it, get it back down out of the 90s, that would be ideal. I'm really happy around, you know, like 85, 82. That's kind of the sweet spot for me. Yep, I'm I'm more of a fan of like the mid seventies, but that's just personal preference. I did uh make my way up to Seattle this last week and uh it was upper seventies all week. Went and saw a baseball game and it was nice and sunny and uh that's pretty rare for Seattle, so I was uh very pleased. You gonna start a baseball podcast? I'm not going to start a baseball podcast, but I have recently become a pretty large Seattle Mariners fan. So, uh, yeah, I just another uh, team that's going to let me down every week. Um, <laughs> but it's okay. We did win today, as uh, as we are recording this. Um, so, cool. yes, I'm having a good day so far. <laughs> But this is not a baseball podcast, as previously stated. This is a racing podcast. Let's jump right in. We have a couple races to go over this week. Starting with the Mid-Ohio Grand Prix in IndyCar. The top 10 in qualifying were Colton Herta, Graham Rahal, Kyle Kirkwood, Alex Pillow, Christian Lingard, Scott Dixon, Will Power, Scott McLaughlin, Marcus Erickson, and Felix Rosenqvist. Colton Herta grabs his second pole position in a row. Only to be, well, we'll talk about it later. I was let down yes. again. Uh-huh. Poor Every guy. time. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes, uh, I think uh, Herta might be a Mariner, but no, it's, I'm just kidding. <laughs> He's got the mullet and everything. He fits the baseball player description pretty well. Yeah. Um, anyway, this. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to the race. <laughs> Uh, Colton Herta maintained an early lead with Graham Rahal close behind. Uh, just to note, Graham Rahal had had a fantastic qualifying, and uh, it's the first time we've seen him up at the front of the field in quite a while. Yeah, pretty good race for him to get a uh, at least a good qualifying result. I think this is his home race, right? I believe so. I'm not sure on that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, on lap one, Marcus Erickson he hit Felix Rosenqvist, running ruining both drivers' races. Erickson had to retire, Rosenqvist went down a lap, and uh, that was pretty much that for both of them. Uh, entirely Erickson's fault, and he did apologize for it when he was interviewed about it later on. Um, definitely not what he needed for his championship run. Uh, Kirkwood spun out while battling Palo on lap 21. O'Ward cut his way through the field very quickly and made lots of progress after qualifying 25th with a bad day on Saturday. Polo jumped Ray Hall and Herta in the first round of pit stops with a very, very short pit, pit stop from his team. Uh, he did a really good job saving fuel in his first stint. 
He then pulled a 10 second gap to Herta, but slowly lost that advantage a little bit as tires went off and he got stuck in lap traffic behind Benjamin Peterson, who <laughs> was holding <laughs> a lot of people up <laughs> in that race. On lap 55, Herta got a pit lane speed penalty and lost his chances to win as he had to do a serve a drive through penalty. Uh, on lap 57, Graham Rahal stalled his car during his pit stop and lost his chance at a podium. Uh, I think he stalled. I'm not actually 100% sure. I know they also had trouble getting the left rear wheel on, so it was probably a combination of those two things that held him up. Uh, Grosjean, Newgarden, DeFrancesco, VK, and Kirkwood got into a five-car scrap with three laps to go. There were lots of, con- lots of contact between all of the drivers in that group. Uh, nobody had any race-ending contact, but there was very much uh, rubbing as racing was going on. <laughs> you get bored if you're uh, stuck behind one of the, the newest drivers on the grid for yeah. the last you know, 10 or so laps. For sure. <laughs> um, and then the race ended going into the results with Polo, Dixon, and Power on the podium. Fourth and fifth were Lungard and McLaughlin. Six through ten was Malukas, Rahal, Award, Armstrong, and Rossi. Eleven through fifteen was Herta, Newgarden, Grosjean, De Francesco, and VK. Sixteen through twenty was Ilot, Kirkwood, Harvey, Hunter, Ray, and Daly. Twenty-one through twenty-five was Castro, Neves, Stingray, Rob, Augustine, Canapino, Santino, Ferrucci, and Felix Rosenqvist. Uh, Twenty-six running off the finishers was Benjamin Peterson. And in 27th, our DNF was Marcus Erickson. All right. What did so, you think of the race? I thought it was pretty entertaining. Uh, not not the best one of the season by any stretch. Um, but uh, we had some, some good things happen for some different people. Uh, Pelot won his third race in a row, his fourth of the season. Um Grosjean actually finished a race this week, which is good to see, I guess, even if yeah, it was maybe not in the, the 13th. Yeah, not in a place he really wanted, but a finish is a finish. Yes, he's he's scoring points this week, which is which is what, what he needed. Um, Christian Lugard is absolutely coming into his own. He's, he finished fourth, and um, very young driver, but he's obviously got a lot of talent, and uh, I would not be surprised if he got called up to a bigger and better team in the next couple of years if things get shuffled around, um, which could very well happen based on some of the performances by some people in the bigger, better teams. Um, but we'll see. Andretti Autosports seat. What's that? Andretti Autosports fifth seat. Yes. <laughs> Could happen. Um, there's there's quite a few openings I think that he could he could find his way into if he keeps getting you know top five finishes like he has been. Um, Colton Herta threw away a pretty good result today. Uh, I know it was kind of sort of a mistake, sort of a car malfunction, um, probably somewhere in the middle there uh, with his pit lane limiter. Um, yeah, it looked like he was, he was pressing on that thing pretty hard, it looked like. It did look like that. So I don't know what happened. He eventually got it on, and he was fine in all of his other pit stops, so it's hard to know what really happened. Um, but unfortunately, uh, the speeding in the pit lane is either you did or you didn't, and he did. 
So, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah it was rough. He had, Unfortunate. He had such great pace, especially in that first stint where he was just his team is just telling him to hold on. And I was I was honestly expecting Ray Hall to get much closer to him, uh, but he yeah. was able to hold that gap for <laughs> several laps after I thought he wouldn't be able to. Yeah, and even so, in the second stint, once the tires started going off on Pillow, and then once Herta got past Peterson especially, uh, he was starting to close that gap to Pillow, and I think going into the third stint, he would have had a shot at winning. But yeah. Uh, did not pan out that way. No. So, yeah, it sucks. He had a, a really good strategy. I think I... Doesn't he have a different strategy lead this race? Yep. He. I don't yeah. remember the guy's name, but he is on his third strategist of the year. So that's got to play some sort of effect on his mental... Uh, just the mental game of, of racing. Yeah, but this... This guy seems to be onto something. I mean, he was able to pretty much go for it whenever he wanted to. I mean, he saw him really hunting down below as tire as uh, Pillow's tires fell off. Yeah. Uh, so it was cool to see. Now they just actually have to put it all together into a single race. For sure. Yeah. I think he can do it, especially if he keeps up this form. Uh, he's been really good the last couple races, and it's just kind of gotten unlucky. Um, but... Uh, there's still half the season left. There's a lot of time left, I think. We'll, we'll see some people other than Pillow winning races, potentially. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Pillow's kind of becoming the Verstappen of IndyCar. He's just winning all the time, or at the front at the very least, and uh, um, just looks like he's not even really trying. <laughs> yeah, at least he's not winning by you know as large a margin as in some other race series and some other race series leaders right now. You can, there's yeah. still, you know, when he pits, other cars go in front of him for a little that bit true. until he passes them again. Very true, so, yes. <laughs> this is giving drivers a little, a little chance. But yeah, he's been super dominant. Yeah, super, super good. Speaking of which, let's go through our standings. Uh, Alex Pillow is leading the championship right now with 377 points, and his closest challenger is Scott Dixon on second with 267, and that is a massive gap uh, of 110 points, which is over two race wins, so he's two DNFs. He's got two DNFs worth of a buffer, uh, and that's if Scott Dixon won both races, so... Um, it's IndyCar. Anything could happen. Anything but, could yeah, that's, happen. that's a pretty healthy lead. He could take a race off if he wanted to. For sure, yeah. <laughs> Not that he's going to. No. Uh, I don't know. He might have his set his sights set on Formula One, and depending on how Perez performs in the next half of the season, uh, <laughs> it would be an interesting swap to see Pelo jump oh over into the Red yeah. Bull seat. Um, I can't. I can't really think of anybody else who would actually go to Red Bull. I mean, maybe Daniel Ricciardo, but that's such a huge risk. I can't see them doing that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that is for the future, for future conversations. Um, Scott Dixon's in second. Joseph Newgarden is in third at 260, 261. Uh, Marcus Erickson Mark, ah, Marcus Erickson drops yeah. Yeah, from second to fourth. At 255, Pedro Award maintains his fifth place at 250. Then it kind of trickles off from there. Those are those second to fifth are kind of grouped together. 
and then past that uh, it just kind of trickles down uh, we don't really have any real championship contenders past that yeah um, Christian Lingard because... is up in 10th which is pretty cool uh, that is yes he's 10 points behind Herta who is the lowest points driver to still be 100 or above 200 points rather yeah yeah I think they need to change the the IndyCar super license point system I think we talked about this last year but oh we definitely think, talked about it. yeah with the whole Colton Herta debacle but uh it just seems like a lot of these drivers could very well drive an F1 car with no problems but you're not going to get anywhere near F1 unless you're in the top three in IndyCar consistently yeah, yeah like um, what you're telling me that Lance Stroll is a better F1 driver than Alex Palou <laughs> yeah we'll see I, I mm, yeah, yeah I'd, no. I'd love to see. I don't I don't think so, but I mean <laughs> the fact that there's IndyCar drivers that are you know Roman Grosjean's in twelfth place in the championship right now, meaning he would get nowhere near an F1 car. Alexander Rossi used to be an F1. He's an eighth. Um, yeah. It's yeah. There's... And granted, there there are some extenuating circumstances and some lurking variables, but there's still a little bit of a lesson to be gleaned from that. For sure. I think. I mean, especially with the crop of rookies that F1 has this year. I mean, we'll talk about how the rookies did in this next race because Logan Sargent Copium has rushed into my veins. <laughs> uh, but like DeVries, he was nowhere in Piastri. Uh, I know he didn't have the car upgrades that Norris did, but it seems like the rookies haven't really been doing stupendously this year. So who knows? Yeah. Maybe it's time to. Uh, swap them out for some more experienced talent from outside the employment pool. Yeah, I think so. I think Piastri's doing better this year. I think he just had an off week this week. Uh, he yeah. did get damage to his car, like, on lap one, so... Oh, okay, uh, yeah. That might have had something to do with it. Um, but, yeah, the difference between Lando and Piastri this, this week was kind of crazy. Lando, had, like, lapped Oscar, I think. Lando uh, was... With, barking at hamilton for most of it but yeah that's a, that's yeah. a different race series for sure um but that's actually where we're headed right now <laughs> oh, <how laughs> moving into, yeah moving into formula one and the austrian grand prix uh this was a sprint weekend and uh the sprint race was way more exciting than baku was for sure um, yeah there's some good mix-ups absolutely uh let's go through the qualifying real quick for the sprint race this was on friday uh in first place was max verstappen followed by sergio perez and uh lando norris actually this was on saturday sorry they did the grand prix qualifying on friday um so for the sprint qualifying it was verstappen perez norris hulkenberg Sainz, alonso stroll Ocon, leclerc and magnuson in the top 10 um there was lots of good hard racing. It was a wet, it was a wet track for most of the race, and uh, there was some spice between Verstappen and Perez at the beginning. Uh, in the first lap or so, uh, they did actually go back and forth quite a, quite a few times, and uh, I thought we might actually have a, a fun race to watch on our hands at the front, but that only lasted for about half a lap. Yeah, you thought. Yep, I thought. <laughs> Uh, but Perez did shove Verstappen off the track, and then Verstappen shoved Perez off the track in the next corner. It was, it was uh, pretty spicy there for a sec, and 
uh, caused some fireworks, but they did talk it out at the end of the race, and everything seemed to be fine between them afterwards. Uh, Nico Hulkenberg, in the, all of that chaos, snuck his way into P2 at the end of lap one and stayed there for about the first half of the, the sprint race. And uh, we were all we were all like, is this is this it? Is this the time? Hulkenberg gets his podium, but no, <laughs> it was not. Not that was not the case. Uh, and I was also kind of sad thinking about it because if he did get a podium, that would have been his first podium, but it would have had an asterisk on it. <laughs> like it yeah, I feel like a... any Haas podium has an asterisk on it at this point. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, conditions changed at the end of the race. It went from wet to dry. And uh, that caused some mix-ups in the midfield, especially. And uh, changeable conditions always make for exciting racing when uh, it's kind of in between wet and dry and some people make the decision to go for slicks and some people don't. Um, so it seems like the second half of the field just all got on slicks and the, the top eight drivers just all stayed on the enters and it was kind of just survival for the top eight. Um but uh, with that being said, Aston Martin got some good points over Mercedes. They uh, both finished over both of, of both Mercedes and um, closed the gap a little bit in the championship standings. Uh, George Russell only scored one point for Mercedes, and Lewis Hamilton did not score any uh, in the sprint race. Uh, so speaking of which, let's go through the results of the sprint. Um, in first place was Max Verstappen, followed by Sergio Perez and Carlos Sainz. Fourth and fifth were Lance Stroll and Fernando Alonso. Six through ten was Nico Hulkenberg, Esteban Ocon, George Russell, Lando Norris, and Lewis Hamilton. Eleven through fifteen was Piastri, Leclerc, Albon, Magnussen, and Gasly. Sixteen through twenty was Sunoda, DeVries, Sargent, Joe, and Bottas. All right. Uh, I did really like the sprint race this time around. I still am not a fan of the format, but uh, as far as the racing went, it was very entertaining. Yeah, if you have to have a sprint race, I would hope that more of them would be like this. Yeah. I mean, Austria's... I think track definitely benefited, and the conditions definitely benefited the, the spectacle at least. Made it a little yeah. more worthwhile. For sure. Austria is just such a great track that I, I love the Austrian Grand Prix. It's one of my favorites every year. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, it's a, a solid track to watch racing on. There's enough opportunities for passing. There's decent speeds. Uh, the weather can be variable. So, it, yeah, it's just kind of a nice overall package. Yeah. All right, let's go over qualifying for the Grand Prix. <laughs> on pole position was Max Verstappen. Uh, with Leclerc less than a tenth off of him um, in second place, followed by Carlos Sainz. Fourth and fifth were Norris and Hamilton. Six through ten was Stroll, Alonso, Hulkenberg, Gasly, and Albon. Lance Stroll qualified above Fernando Alonso, which is uh, quite interesting. Yeah, um, not by much, but had to be a, a little ego booster. Yeah, for sure. Uh, of note, George Russell did not make Q3, and neither did Sergio Perez. Um, Perez had so many trouble, so much trouble just getting laps on the board and qualifying, as well as a lot of other drivers uh, with the strictness of the track limits. But he could not; he just could not get a get a lap down that counted to save his life. 
Yeah. A 206. Man. Yeah. That was... Yeah. <laughs> it was basically an outlap that was his final time, which was pretty bad. Um, But uh, going into the race, Verstappen had a fantastic start and gapped the field early on after lap one. Sonoda got wing damage into turn one and went off the track into turn four, bringing out a safety car uh, for debris on the track. Um, on lap 13, Hulkenberg had an engine failure that brought out a, safe, uh, a virtual safety car. For Ferrari double-stacked under VSC, and Sainz lost out big time as Ferrari had a very slow pit stop. Uh, Perez made his way to the front pretty quickly after starting 15th. Leclerc took the lead of the race on lap 25 when Verstappen boxed, which was the first time Verstappen was not the leader of the race since lap 48 of Miami, which was over two months ago. <laughs> uh, Verstappen passed Leclerc for the lead on lap 35 and quickly opened up a 20-second gap. DeVries earned a 5-second penalty for shoving Magnussen into the gravel trap in turn 6. On lap 47, Sainz passed Norris for P4 around the outside of turn 4 in a spectacular move. And then Perez passed Sainz for P3 on lap 61 after getting stuck behind him for several laps, uh, playing a bunch of DRS games and losing out. <laughs> um, Verstappen pit on lap 70 for soft tires to steal the fastest lap from Perez because he had a 26-second lead and could afford the extra pit stop. That sums Ridiculous. up the race. Yeah, pretty wild. Uh, Verstappen's just in a completely another. He's in a completely different league right now. Um, he's driving in a Formula Zero car or something. <laughs> um, but going into the results, the podium was Verstappen, Leclerc, Perez. Fourth and fifth were Norris and Alonso. Six through ten were Sainz, Russell, Hamilton, Stroll, and Gasly. 11 through 15 was Albon, Joe, Sargent, Ocon, and Bottas. And then 16 through 19, rounding off the finishers were Piastri, DeVries, Magnussen, and Tsunoda. And our one DNF this week was Nico Hulkenberg with an engine failure. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I really like this race. Very good race. I think this is the best race of the season so far. Yeah, I do too. And uh, Emily agreed also. Nice. We got the girlfriend approval. Yep, that's all we need. <laughs> that's all you need in life. Uh, my <laughs> girlfriend, unfortunately, was not with me this week, so uh, she did not watch the race, but I'm sure she would have liked it too. Um, Verstappen, I think, could go for the nine consecutive race win record, uh, beating Vettel. He will grab that record if he wins every race from now until Italy, um, which seems very possible. Yeah, I don't think that's going to be very difficult for him, barring any terrible lap one shenanigans with other drivers if he gets shunted off or something like that. But it's outside take, of that, yeah, that's the only thing that could really happen is some lap one incident or uh, reliability problems. Um, but it just seems, yeah, I could see him winning most of the rest of the races this season, if not all of them. Um, I think he'll destroy Schumacher's win percentage record. Uh, I, yeah, Red Bull might win every single race this season. I would not be shocked. And that would probably be Formula One history if I were to guess. Yeah, we're, um, we're living in Formula One history right now. Yeah, this is probably the most dominant season we've ever seen. 
uh, and that's including we're including 2020 with Mercedes. Um, I, it's just it's nuts. The the car is so much so far out in front of everybody else. I don't think it's even just the car. I think it's the car and the Verstappen combo because Perez is like if Verstappen was on Perez's level the the fight for the championship would be a lot closer like a lot closer yeah that kind of brings me to a question i wanted to ask which is do you think it's given the car is so fast do you think it's fair to expect more from perez i know he had a, a good race this uh this race but in terms of like timings uh do you think max Verstappen's is just so much further ahead or do you think perez needs to have a little more pace it's it's hard to say if I mean, because the only the only thing we have to compare Perez to is Verstappen and vice versa, and so it's like it's hard to say right. if Verstappen's that far out in front or if Perez is struggling that hard. Um, it seems to me like Perez is probably struggling a lot because I don't care where your how fast your teammate is if he's getting pole position every race, you can't be qualifying in fifteenth every race. Yeah. Um, so and I know. Perez's thing is kind of qualifying poorly and then making up for it in the race. But this that's yeah. a lot of extra work that I'm sure the team doesn't really want to have to go through. And I know sure. he can kind of get a lot of maybe undue criticism because, I mean, he's on a team with Max Verstappen, but it's kind of hard to find out where that line between expecting more and not being able to give it is. Yeah. This season especially, though, he seemed farther from Max than any other season. Um, yeah, and I wouldn't say that Max is any better. He's more consistent than he used to be, but his speed has been the same for the last four or five years. Um, yeah. So, I think Perez is just having a really off year, which is a problem. Um, not a huge problem, obviously, because they're not really the championship for Red Bull is not in any jeopardy. Um, but. Uh, with them not knowing how their car is going to be next year in comparison to the rest of the grid, uh, they uh, they might need to make some changes or start giving some ultimatums at the very least. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I love Perez, and as far as marketing goes, he's great for Red Bull, and he's got a huge following, huge fan base, a very likable guy, family guy, but um, if he can't be more consistently in the top five at the very least i think he's gonna lose his seat pretty soon yeah um but speaking of perez's struggles in qualifying especially <laughs> the tra track <laughs> limits is always a talking point in austria it's always strict here because turn nine and ten especially it's so so easy to go off uh of the track outside the white lines um, and, uh, that was definitely a talking point this time around. I think there were 1,200 instances, it said, of drivers leaving track 1, limits. 1,200? It said 1,200 times during the race oh alone. Oh my gosh. Uh, and the race, um, race control had to go through every single one after, after the race, after an Aston Martin protest, uh, Aston Martin protested the results of the race, um, because they saw way more instances of cars going off the track than race control did. And uh, 
their protest was approved, and race control had to go through all 1,200 of those instances and dish out penalties accordingly. Um, yeah, yeah, I saw that. Uh, was it Sainz lost out on fourth, right? Yeah, Sainz or... got P4 on the track, and then he got a 10-second time penalty and dropped down to sixth. Wow. Uh, after Hours after the race was over. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Sainz had a rough day. He had a penalty in the race as well that he had to recover from. Um, he got stuck behind his teammate, and Ferrari did not let him do anything. Uh, they just told him to stay yeah, behind was... Leclerc. Yeah, they really messed with them on that first pit stop. Yeah. That was probably one of the worst things they could have done for that race. Absolutely. They should have let Sainz by and had him go for Verstappen, even if it might have been, you know, it might not have worked, but Sainz did seem faster than Leclerc, especially at the had, beginning of the race. Yeah, he had awesome pace. I mean, his battle with uh, Perez towards the end was cool to watch. I mean, granted, it was a lot of strategy on Sainz's part just to keep the Red Bull behind, but, I mean, he did it. Yeah. He did, for sure. Um, but on the other side of the coin, Leclerc did end up having a really good result. He finished second, um, and it's been a while since he's been on the podium. So he seemed pretty happy with that. It's good to see Ferrari back up there. It's been, yeah, a few races since Ferrari's been on the podium. Um, and that's not what they're used to. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's given the, the Tifosi a, a little shot of adrenaline to make it another race. Yeah, hopefully. Um, McLaren had a fantastic race compared to what they've had. Well, Lando Norris had a fantastic race. <laughs> uh, McLaren got some upgrades this week, and they're getting more next week. Um, the upgrades for this week were only on Lando's car, and Lando ended up lapping his teammates. So I don't know how good the upgrades were, but with Lando qualifying, what was it fourth? Yeah, fourth, and finishing, ending up finishing fourth. Um, I would say uh, the upgrades definitely have worked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, th uh, that was crazy to watch him battling the Mercedes like it's 2020. Yeah. I mean, at the beginning of the season, um, McLaren were driving tractors, but it seems like they've gotten something figured out. They need to stop doing this. This is the second year in a row that they've had a very poor start to the season and then played catch-up and then finally got a decent-ish car by the midway point of the season. And then by then it's like too late. Yeah, um, it's not very good for a team or driver morale. No, not at all. So hopefully they can get off on the right foot next season. But I am glad that they've at least got something good now, it seems like. Uh, hopefully they get all of the upgrades on Piastri's car as well next next week. And if they've got more big upgrades coming for Britain, um, they might even move up even further. And if they if they move up further then Lando's going to start consistently challenging for podiums. There's no doubt in my mind. Yeah. Uh, just based on where he was today, um, he was keeping pace with the people who ended up on the podium. Uh, granted, he was pretty much going full throttle <laughs> the entire time um, rather than managing his tires and all that good stuff. But still, like with some more upgrades, they'll they'll be a top team again. Uh, at least, at least on par with like Ferrari. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, Acon got thirty seconds worth of penalties, so we're gonna see many more Acon 
penalties, uh, memes coming out. Um, anything happens, Akon gets a penalty. That's that's the way it's gonna go. That's the rule. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Aston Martin, like we said earlier, protested the result of the race race successfully, and uh, the result of that was Alonso got promoted to P5 after Sainz got the 10 second penalty. And then the last thing we have to talk about here is how slow Mercedes was this week. They struggled in qualifying. Hamilton almost didn't even make it out of Q1. Um, and then they struggled in the sprint race. Neither, well, actually, Russell scored one point, and Hamilton did not score any points. And then in the race, Hamilton was complaining the entire race. Um, Russell Just was like pretty much times. anonymous. I don't know if we saw it, Russell even at all. I can't think of one camera shot where Russell was in frame during that race. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there was Mercedes was just so incredibly slow this week for some reason. They've been really good the last few, and then all of a sudden they're they're kind of nowhere. Um, with Hamilton finishing eighth and uh, Russell finished seventh. So they did score points, but uh, they were toward they're the bottom end for teeth. sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, do you think it so. was just the cars really not suited to this kind of track? Or do you think the other cars have gotten faster with the upgrades? Or do you think it was just a, a pure pace problem with the, the car setup and the drivers? It was probably a combination of all three of those. Um, but most likely it was probably just the car not being super well suited to the track. Uh, I think Hamilton probably had a bad setup based on how much he was complaining about the car not stopping. Um, and that also got, it seemed to get better for him towards the end of the race. So I think he just wasn't set up for a big fuel load kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It was definitely an off week for Mercedes. And I was getting tired of hearing Lewis complain about his car for the first half of the race. <laughs> definitely a big hit of nostalgia for me on that though. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. It took me back, back to and I was like, oh yeah, that's the stuff. That's the stuff, yeah. All right, Pit Stop Championship time. Uh, in oh, first boy. place this week, uh, we went to Lando Norris with a time of 2.10 seconds. Wow. Uh, very fast pit stop from McLaren. Um, second place was Nick DeVries in AlphaTauri. Fourth, or third place, oh, I messed these numbers up again. Third place was <laughs> Red Bull and Verstappen. Um, after that, fifth was Leclerc. Six through ten was uh, six through ten <laughs> was. Did I get Did I get that wrong? Hold on. Fifth was Sargent. Six through ten was Perez, Gasly, Alonso, Sunoda, and Ocon. I got the numbers so messed up. Uh, One, two, started, four, seven, eight, nine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I. <laughs> So I, I sorted the the, uh, the stuff in Excel, and then I removed all the duplicate values. Um, and then I forgot, before I copied this over, I forgot to update the positions. Everything else is right, but <laughs> I copied this over and then updated the positions, and so it does not reflect that on our script here. <laughs> yeah, and they're not uh, so out of order. It's missing some numbers. No, it's yeah, it's in order, like I said. It's just... Uh, <laughs> there were some yeah some things omitted for sure um but anyway you guys can't see that uh, i might upload upload the scripts in the future once we get on youtube especially which i hope to do by next season at the latest 
Yeah. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, let's go through these standings of the Pit Stop Championship. Um, yeah. In first place is still Perez. Uh, second place is Leclerc. Third is Verstappen. Fourth and fifth are Ocon and Sainz. Six through ten are Norris, Tsunoda, Gasly, Piastri, and Alonso. 11 through 15 are Hamilton, DeVries, Russell, Sargent, and Stroll. And 16 through 20 are Bottas, Magnussen, Joe, Albon, and Hulkenberg. Team Championship, uh, we have Red Bull out in front, followed by Ferrari, Alpine, McLaren, AlphaTauri, Mercedes, Aston Martin, Williams, Alfa Romeo, and Haas. Haas does not have a very good pit crew. <laughs> no, they don't have very good cars either. Yeah, no. Um, Where are they, they all kind the of championship? Haas is seventh in the championship currently, which is actually a lot better than Wait, I thought. are they really? They are, yeah. Wow. But, I mean, if you look at how bad Alfa Romeo, Williams, and Alfa Tauri have been, that's not, Ooh. I guess, that yeah. surprising. Um, Williams has had, like, flashes of brilliance. Yes, at certain tracks. Especially with Al- Albon's been performing really well for them. Well, Albon has all seven of their points, so... Yeah. Yeah. Granted, his teammate's a, a rookie from America, but... Yeah. I mean, for Williams, Albon's been putting that car pretty high. Yeah, Logan Sargent, he's American, so he probably only knows how to make left turns, right? Yeah, that's how it works. That's, that's how it works. Is. Yeah, yeah. Now I think about it. <laughs> um, but, uh, all right, that runs off the Pit Stop Championship. Let's move on to the Overtake of the Week. I gave this to Carlos Sainz on Sergio Perez on lap 59 of the Austrian Grand Prix. Yep. Um, Perez just barely got past signs and so this did count as an overtake um but this was when they were playing their drs games uh when perez got stuck behind signs uh signs got past perez or at least alongside perez um and then dove down around the outside of turn four and made it stick and got all the way around perez and then made it stick into turn six as well uh it was just a crazy move. It's really hard to go around the outside of turn four, as Alex Albon knows very well. Mm. Um, it's uh, not an easy place to pass on the outside, especially. Um, so, really good move. Uh, that whole battle was very entertaining. <laughs> and uh, Perez was getting very annoyed, I'm sure, in the cockpit. Uh, eventually, yeah, he I did love, get passed. Li- I love listening to signs talk about that Perez was in- intimidating me. Yeah, he's intimidating me. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, let's go into our weekly predictions, starting with last week's uh, for the Mid Ohio Grand Prix in IndyCar. Um, not invested too well. No. Um, but that's okay. Uh, pole position. What did you say, Ben? I had Newgarden, and I had Erickson. I uh, neither of which qualified very well. <laughs> Um, but pole position did go to Colton Herta this week. Um, podium, what do you have? Oh, man, I had Herta, Polo, and Newgarden. And I had Newgarden, O'Ward, and Polo. We both got Polo right and the other two wrong. God, I got absolutely blue-balled this week. Just like yeah. last week, too. Just like last week. <laughs> one, of these right. days, one of these days, Andretti's going to put it together. They're going to have a good race. Maybe. We'll see if it's Herta or Grosjean or somebody. I don't know. 
Kirk would want to race this year. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right. I forgot uh, Grosjean winning was num- on Andretti. What's that? <laughs> Keep on forgetting Grosjean's part of Andretti. Yeah. <laughs> uh, winning number of pit stops. What did you have, Ben? I had four. And I had three. And it ended up being two. Uh, like I said in the episode last week, um, we both thought that this was an oval race. And it was not an oval race. <laughs> so yeah. our our pit stop number especially was probably uh, affected by that. Um, it was worth a shot. Worth a shot, yeah. So two pit stops, neither of us got that right. Uh, moving into the Austrian, Austrian Grand Prix in Formula 1. Um, give me your top five, Ben. Yeah, I didn't get nearly as close as you did. Uh, I had Verstappen in first, but the rest were Hamilton, Alonso, Perez, and Russell in fifth, and Magnussen was my dark horse. Okay, and uh, to remind everybody of the actual top five, it was Verstappen, Leclerc, Perez, Norris, and Alonso. Uh, My top five prediction was Verstappen, Leclerc, Alonso, Hamilton, Russell, and Norris as my dark horse. Uh, I got Verstappen and Leclerc right, and then the next three I did not get right. Uh, but I did get Norris as a dark horse, and he did squeak into the top five, ended up in fourth place. I am pretty happy with that. Yeah, that was a great call. Did you know that Norris was getting the uh, upgrades this weekend? or? Um, I didn't, but he performed pretty well in Canada, and so I figured he was kind of worth a shot as a dark horse. But uh, he did way better than I was expecting him to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for sure. All right, so fastest lap went to Max Verstappen, and we both said Max Verstappen. It's so easy at this point. Yes. Uh huh. <laughs> That's the free space yeah. on the bingo card. It's first yep. and first fastest slot for Stappen. Yep. <laughs> uh, driver of the day went to Lando Norris and deservedly so. What did you say, Ben? I put Verstappen. Gotcha. And I put Leclerc. And I yeah, believe. I oh, good. Uh, I was gonna say I believe Verstappen and Leclerc were like the next two up on the behind Norris on the on the vote. Yeah, I would have so. gladly had signs win that. I know he was kind of, I think he was third in the driver voting standings. But I oh, think yeah. between Norris and Signs, I mean, those are both really good choices. For sure, yeah. Oh, yeah, it was actually Perez and Signs. It wasn't for Stapp and Leclerc. Uh, the other two. Because Perez also did do very well. Um, yeah, awesome. Starting, starting 15th and finishing third, it was pretty good. Um, but, you know, if he qualified better and started third, he probably would have finished second. But, you know, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's that's the problem. But we're not <laughs> going to go there anymore. We've already bagged on him enough. We've All right. That. Yes. Okay. Top five for the British Grand Prix. Give me your picks, Ben. I want you to guess who I have for my first without looking at the script or anything like that. Just, well, you know. I, was staring, I was staring at it when you said that. <laughs> oh, okay. But I, w- I would have guessed Verstappen. Yeah, how? Yeah, crazy. Uh, but Verstappen, Perez, uh, Leclerc, Russell, and Alonso. Albon is my dark horse. Gotcha. Albon is a dark horse. Interesting. Okay. Uh, my top five is Verstappen. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> uh, followed by Hamilton, Russell, Alonso, and Perez. With Norris as my dark horse again. Um, this has always been a Mercedes track and a Lewis Hamilton track more specifically. Uh, So I could see Mercedes doing very well here again, even though they had an off week this week. 
Um, Hamilton will probably get second, is my guess, but uh, we'll see. Uh, fastest lap, what do you have, Ben? Uh, I have the same that you have. I have Verstappen. Yep, we both have Verstappen. We took that free bingo square. Uh, <laughs> all right. Driver. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm confused, but uh, I want to hear your... I'll start first on this one. Uh, driver of the day, I have Lewis Hamilton because British things. Uh, what? <laughs> uh, go, just go, Ben. Well, you know, Alex Pelot's been doing so well in IndyCar. I figured there's a chance that he might be able to get drivers of the day or driver of the day in uh, Formula One too. Uh, but failing that, I have Norris. Okay. All right. I uh, all right. So I'm Alex Pelot. Speaking of power, if I talk, if we talk about it enough, there has to be a move from IndyCar to F1 for somebody on the grid. Yeah. It. I'm. I would be surprised if Polo did not end up on the grid in the next couple of years for sure. Because uh, that's where he wants to be. Like you said that, he wants to be in Formula 1. So um, I'm sure that someone's going to make that happen. There's not a huge amount of exciting talent in Formula 2 at the moment. Um, closest guy for Red Bull is Liam Lawson, who's actually in Super Formula right now and doing well. I got that messed up last week too i said he was leading the championship he's actually in second but it's very close uh and he's the only he's like one of the only non-japanese drivers on that grid and he's like (laughs) running away with it almost uh him and another guy are like the only two who have won races uh and then when they don't win the other guy gets second it's (laughs) it's pretty much those two but anyway that's a different series um (laughs) Polo could easily end up in Formula One, is my prediction. Um, I think AlphaTauri might do a, a clean out, clean out at Ooh. the end of the year. Uh, That'd be cool. Yeah, Christian Horner did not want to sign to Rizon. They've kind of let that out of the bag, um, and it hasn't worked out. So I don't see DeVries retaining his seat next year. Uh, and I don't really see Tsunoda retaining his seat next year either, even though he's been doing well. He's been doing well compared to DeVries, who's been arguably the worst driver on the grid this year. Um, so it's, I don't know. The thing is, is AlphaTauri is a, it's a B team for Red Bull, and it seems like Tsunoda will never be ready to get that Red Bull seat in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I feel like I saw an article at some point about an interview with Christian Horner or uh, Helmut Marco or some Red Bull higher-up talking about uh, the direction the AlphaTauri team has been going and kind of a course correction that they're wanting to do in terms of their design philosophy with the difference between the, the main Red Bull and the AlphaTauri designs. Uh, yes. Trying to have a little less stratification between those. Yep, they are, they're kind of restructuring from what it sounded like from that conversation. I think that was this week. Uh, like you said, um, in the future they will be more closely mimicking Red Bull's car design. And also, this is the last year, I should have put this in paddock news, but I totally forgot. This is the last season they will be called AlphaTauri. Oh, really? Uh, yep. In 2024 they will have a different name, and... I don't know what that name will be, but it would not surprise me if they went back to Toro Rosso. 
would be uh, cool. Yeah. That would be cool. That's such a good name for a team that I just, yeah, I miss it. And their liveries were better, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, who knows? Maybe uh, 2025, Daniel Ricardo, Alex Pillow at Toro Rosso. Could it, it, honestly, that could very well happen, yes. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, and then, depending on how they do, uh, which, honestly, Ricardo and Polo in a team like that, <laughs> like, that could be a kind of scary midfield team, if I'm being right. honest. You get the experience uh, from Ricardo, especially on a Red Bull team, kind of in-depth with all that, but then you get Polo and Newcomer with just crazy pace yeah and then you have them both fighting each other for probably Perez's seat like that could create some big fireworks I think yeah that would be pretty pretty sweet but uh anyway uh that runs off our predictions did I yeah we went through everything yep <laughs> yep uh we don't have a an IndyCar race next week uh it's just the British Grand Prix so uh, with that, let's move on to Ben's words of wisdom. What do you got for us this week, Ben? Yeah, it's uh, it's hot outside, folks. Um, if you're in a part of the world that has summer right now, and especially in the direct sunlight, you want to make sure you're wearing lots of layers. I know you always see like the the TV shows and the movies where all the cowboys are out in their their long sleeve button downs and their big hats and their jeans with their tall boots, but it actually really helps you. Uh, especially the hat, the jeans keep sunlight off your legs. Uh, the flannels aren't super thick, and they essentially just make sure that you're not getting sunburned and all hot. It's kind of like having a little bit of extra shade for your body. Uh, I know it seems like it would trap sweat and all that, but overall it's still reducing your body temps by quite a lot, and it's preventing the risk of uh, skin cancer quite as much from the sun. So, yeah, long sleeves and pants, even like hiking pants or something lightweight, um, can uh, really help when you're out in the direct sunlight summer for a long time. Awesome stuff, Ben. Sunburns are no fun. Uh, stay covered, stay in the shade. I got lucky. We got We got seats that were perfectly shaded at the baseball stadium. I was very, very happy about that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but that's one uh, thing I learned on the farm pretty quick was t-shirts and shorts are not the move. You don't want to wear, like, a body covering all over. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm going to be outside a lot this next Saturday, so I'm going to keep that in mind. Oh, yeah. Um, Plus, it's stylish. Thank you for... Yes. <laughs> yes. Go well, for the Western gentleman look. My style has always been t-shirt and shorts, if you remember from high school. So <laughs> uh, that has not changed. Uh, that is what I'm wearing right now. But that is beside the point. Thank you for your words of wisdom, Ben. Uh, thank you, everybody, so much for listening to this episode of Rev Hang. If you enjoyed the episode, leave a like or a rating on the platform you listened on. It really helps us out. If you want to see updated standings for IndyCar and F1 or a calendar of upcoming racing from all sorts of different series, check out our website, RevHang.com. If you have a question about racing or about us, hit us up on Twitter using hashtag RevHangPodcast, and we may feature your question on the next show. You can also follow Ben on Instagram at BenjiMeetsWorld and myself at 2N underscore squared. We'll be back in a week to talk about the Formula One British Grand Prix. But until then, I have been Nathan. And I'm Ben. Thanks for hanging out, guys. See you later.